Staying healthy over the holidays? Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we'll be talking about how you can keep yourself and your family healthy so that you can fully enjoy the upcoming holidays on Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us today. Dr. Brian Forrest is a board-certified family physician with Access Healthcare in Apex, North Carolina. Dr. Forrest, I keep hearing the term triple-demic to describe the three contagious illnesses going around right now. You say there's even a fourth. I don't, I, I'm not going to enjoy this show today, am I? I mean, <laughs> this does not sound <laughs> well, like a lot well, of fun. As, as long as we don't catch anything. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, uh, I don't. even though we are transmitting, I don't think we are transmitting those things today. So what can listeners do uh, to keep themselves healthy as we get together with family and friends over the holidays? Well, you know, it's one of my favorite times of the year. However, it's also the time of year when a lot of people get sick. And if you do catch some type of infection or even worse, end up in the hospital over the holidays, it can really get in the way of sort of enjoying the season. So uh, during this time of year, there, there are actually some unusual circumstances that make it easier for you to get sick. And we're going to discuss some of those today and some things you can do about it so you're healthy during your holiday season. Well, before we dive into that today, let's take a moment to acknowledge the companies that support our program. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower even than the big box pharmacies. You can check them out at MarleyDrug.com. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y-D-R-U-G.com. We'd also like to thank We Care Pharmacy of Apex for sponsoring our tip of the week. You can check them out at WeCarePharmacyApex.com. Folks there are really friendly and big on customer service. Uh, So uh, if you have a local prescription you need filled, uh, you can also, uh, again, give them a call over there. We also would like to thank Wake Family Eye Care, who sponsor the Access Health Radio Trivia. You can check them out at wakefamilyeyecare.com, and their number is 919-859-0777. So, Dr. Forrest, what are the main reasons that people might be more likely to get sick this time of year? It certainly seems to happen. Yeah, I know there there used to be this thing about when cold when you got out in the cold, or uh, I know even people in my family would say if your hair was wet, yep. you had your hair wet, you were outside, you were more likely to get sick. That's right. And it really doesn't have anything do, to do with your hair being wet <laughs> uh, or being outside, uh, but there are some weather contributors. And one of those is that, you know, low humidity makes conditions more favorable for a lot of viruses to live longer in the air. Uh, they don't like high humidity. So when the humidity is really low, like it gets to be in the winter months, they can hang around longer and, and be a bit more contagious. Hmm. Uh, the second thing is uh, some viruses, uh, like cold viruses, really prefer the temperature in your nose to be a little bit colder. So, you know, our nose internally is never 98.6 degrees, uh, but when you're outside and you're in this kind of weather, it's even colder than what it normally is. And those temperatures are what cold viruses actually thrive in. So, and then of course, what's getting ready to happen really soon with all of us is that, you know, people gathering together often is going to bring exposures from different areas. Uh, For example, there might be a cold virus going around in one town and the flu might be peaking in another town. You get those two people together at a family event and you're exposing both uh, to both infections that are being spread in other areas. So by the time you get 10 people in a room, 
you might be exposing all 10 of those people to the 10 infections that are going around in all of their different neighborhoods. And although most adults have developed some immunity to many of the viruses, there are just hundreds and hundreds of types, even of colds. And uh, as your exposure increases, your chance of getting one of those that you're not immune to really increases. So uh, lastly, people change their habits around the holidays. So uh, celebratory eating. Uh, people tend to eat higher fat, higher salt, uh, and even higher sugar meals in larger quantities, more so than any other time of the year. There's even a condition known as holiday heart that happens predominantly between Thanksgiving and the first week of the new year each season. And it's essentially caused by people eating these really high loads of salt. So, you know, that Christmas ham can actually send a lot of people into heart failure when they're prone to that. So, uh, there are several things that uh, make it more likely to get sick this time of the year. Yeah, I've heard that, Dr. Forrest. And, you know, and those family get togethers that you mentioned with all the possibilities of colds, talk about a super spreader event. Man, mm-hmm. that could really do it, sure. And I've also heard that antibiotics can actually make you really sick if you take them and you don't actually need them. So, uh, straight ahead, would like to discuss that a little bit and things that we can do to prevent getting sick also how to take care of yourself if you do this is access health radio thanks for joining us for access health radio with board certified family physician dr brian forrest it is the holiday season and while that is great in some ways in some ways it's not it's also a, a really particular time of year that people get sick We're going to tell you how to stay healthier during the holiday season today. But first, it's time for our Access Health Tip of the Week. Often when people get colds and flu, they will seek out medical care or urgent care with the expectation that an antibiotic will help them. Some people think that antibiotics boost their immune system, but the truth is that they work much like insecticides for killing insects. I often tell a patient that, you know, if you sprayed weed killer on a bug, you just get a wet bug. In the same way, if you spray bug poison on a weed, you just get a wet weed. So, you know, (laughs) antibiotics kill specific types of germs, and they kill bacteria, not viruses. Colds and flu and COVID and RSV and adenovirus, they're all viral, and antibiotics don't work for either of those, so, uh, or any of them. Uh, If you, uh, you know, pressure your doctor into giving you an antibiotic, you could be doing yourself more harm than good, because sometimes that antibiotic may not be effective for you later if you need it for a bacterial infection. And it could also give you side effects like yeast infections or rashes. So always ask your physician if the infection you have is actually bacteria and will respond to an antibiotic. Yeah, that's, a, that's a really good point, And we need to make that distinction. So I'm curious to know what about those hand sterilizer gels? Now, do those work? Well, you know, we've all, and and given COVID, we've all seen sanitizing solutions pop up everywhere. It seems like there's a a, a sanitizer squirt bottle on every corner. Uh, There's gel pump bottles everywhere you go. There's these sanitizing wipes. Um, So they work differently. And then there's also antibacterial soap. Um, So let's talk about those and, and what really works and what doesn't. So the research on the hand sanitizer showed that they do help. Uh, however, they differ widely in their potency. So the ones that are alcohol-based are the most effective, but they only kill the germs if the hands are thoroughly covered with them and then allowed to dry. 
Uh, secondly, we all know about washing our hands, and that works well if people spend at least 15 seconds and use warm, soapy water and rub all the surfaces. However, sometimes people just squirt on the soap, rinse it off quickly, and that really doesn't do much at all. Uh, the problem with antibacterial soap is twofold. First, most consumer-available soap does not kill viruses at all, and it only works to cut down on the number of bacteria on your hands. Also, if you're using this type of soap all the time, that can actually lead to resistance where you might have bacteria on your hands that are no longer killed by the active ingredient in your soap. So generally, don't look at that antibacterial soap as something to rely on, but general hand washing and the antibacterial hand gels or spray with alcohol are pretty effective. Um, but anytime you touch your face with your hands and you haven't washed them, or if you touched a surface that was contaminated, then you can expose yourself to the germs on your hands. So I don't want to make people paranoid, but think about it. Every time you touch a doorknob, a keyboard, a desk, a phone, uh, you know, anything that's been touched by somebody else, you've picked up germs from that surface. And some viruses can live on doorknobs and phones for hours. Uh, that's one reason that the grocery cart handles uh, now are frequently being disinfected with those wipes. And, uh, you know, if the person who had the cart before you had been sneezing, and even if they were trying to be polite and they put their hand over their mouth to catch that sneeze, and then they go back to pushing their cart, that means those virus particles are all over the handle. So if you touch that handle and those germs are on your hands, and then you make contact with your face before you get a chance to get your hands washed, you've really transmitted those germs directly, you know, to your mucous membrane. So it's okay if you get germs on your hands, that's going to happen to everyone. The key is that if your eye or your nose itches, that you don't scratch or touch your face until either you've had a chance to wash your hands or use a hand sterilizer. Uh, the wipes that they use to disinfect carts will also, you know, clean those carts or surfaces and uh, sterilize as well. Okay. All right. So, this is also the time of year, of course, lots of coughing, a lot of sneezing going on. How can we protect ourselves from all that stuff that's going on that flies through the air like that? Well, that mostly depends on the person who's sick, honestly. Uh, we need the people who are sick and coughing and sneezing to be considerate and trying to avoid spreading their germs. You know, the most effective method has been shown to cough or sneeze into your elbow. That actually prevents a sick person from having lots of germs on their hands, which is what they touch all the other surfaces with. Um, if you think about it, most people don't go around opening doors with their elbows. So that's the best place to sneeze because <laughs> we're not going to come in contact with that. Um, and you know what's interesting is that sneezes can travel a long way. Uh, they can actually go over six feet and come out at around 100 miles per hour. Uh, and if someone is sneezing or coughing, then staying outside of that six-foot radius will help. Uh, I have to admit it. If I'm in a room with someone that sneezes or coughs, I often turn my head away and even hold my breath for up to 10 seconds while I'm trying to sort of get out of range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like good advice. Hey, folks, if the doctor's doing it, I think we should do that too. That sounds like good advice. So how do people know, and, and this has always been confusing to me, how do we know if we simply have an allergy or a cold or a sinus infection? What are some of the differentiating factors there so we know how to go about treating it, I guess? Yes, I think this is uh, one of the most common problems is that people don't know which they have, you know, and it's a common problem with allergies. 
you know, people will get that diagnosed as something else. For example, I often have heard patients say that they've uh, just gotten their twice per year uh, annual sinus infection. Well, typically you don't get infections on a schedule. So uh, people who have really bad allergies uh, will give you many of the same symptoms as a sinus infection or a cold. Um, And then a lot of times those patients get improper treatment, like they get put on antibiotics for their allergies or they get put on cold remedies when really what's causing it is allergies. So let me give people some some doctor tips on being a doctor and diagnosing allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple things that can help you. First, uh, they seem to be related to the spring or fall pollen cycles. Well, that obviously could be allergies. Um, also, if uh, you know if it's in one of those classic seasons and you've not been around anybody who's been sick, very likely it's allergies. Um, and the other thing is colds almost never last over a week. So sometimes people will say, well, you know, I get this sinus infection every fall and it lasts for six weeks. Well, generally you're not going to have a cold or a virus or any type of infection that's going to last six weeks. Um, so if you feel like you've got a cold that just keeps hanging on, very likely it's actually allergies. Now, this is a, this is a nice key uh, thing to think about. Okay. If you sneeze more than once at a time, it's probably allergies. So uh, people that sneeze once and then they don't sneeze anymore, that could be a cold. But when you have these sneezing fits where maybe you sneeze two or three or four times, that's almost always allergies. Hmm, And if you have a runny nose and it seems to be running like crazy, but it's very watery and clear, that also is almost certainly allergies. So, Hmm. you know, uh, when you have symptoms on both sides of your face, like sometimes patients think they have a sinus infection. They'll say, it's, hey, it's on both sides of my face. Well, when it's on both sides of your face, it's very likely to be allergies, especially if it lasts longer than three days. Um, now, something that might surprise you, Mike, is you can actually have some low-grade fever with allergies. So people associate infections with fevers, mm-hmm. but sometimes allergy can even give you a low-grade fever. But if you get a higher fever, you know, over, say, 101 Uh, that makes it much more likely it is actually like an infection. Oh, okay. Good advice. Folks, there's a a quiz coming up, so uh, stick around. Straight ahead, we're going to be talking about how you can take care of yourself if you do get sick. And our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week, coming up fast. Access Health Radio board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest, telling us what to do if we get sick during the holidays and to keep from getting sick. I'm Mike Davis. Dr. Forrest, what can we do for a cold or a flu if we do end up catching something? What are some good tips? Well, first of all, stay at home. Uh, You don't want to expose other people uh, and get your whole family or group of friends sick. So if there's some get-together for the holidays – and you know you're coming down with something, you know, do everybody a favor. You're, you're not, uh, you know, you're not pooping the party out. You just need to say, hey, I don't want to get anybody else sick, so I, I'm going to stay, stay behind. If you do actually end up going, then, you know, try to keep your distance from folks. Uh, realize that you could be contagious. Uh, second, use over-the-counter remedies sparingly. Um, you know, we have all these cold and cough combinations, and most of them aren't very good, and they've got way too many different types of medicine in them. So if you are going to use over-the-counter remedies, target specific symptoms rather than taking a bunch of, you know, over-the-counter products that could actually make you feel worse. So if you're congested, get something for congestion. If you're coughing, get something just for cough. 
you've got a runny nose, get, get an antihistamine just for that. So try to focus on your symptoms instead of getting these multiple combinations that have three or four ingredients because they typically make people feel, you know, like they've been drugged literally. So, um, you know, the other thing is what works for aches and fever are things like acetaminophen, ibuprofen, and naproxen. And those will really help a lot. If you take the acetaminophen as directed, it's the safest option. Um, but, you know, the NSAID drugs like ibuprofen and Aleve and naproxen, they're effective and last longer at keeping your temperature down. Uh, the pr only problem with them is they can cause some gastrointestinal irritation uh, and can slightly increase your risk of kidney problems if you're taking them a long time, um, you know, some potting problems and things like that. So if your fever is under 101, uh, then you really don't need to treat it for most folks. And if, it's, if it is causing you a problem and the Tylenol acetaminophen is not doing it, you can try one of those others for a short term. And then, you know, chicken soup has actually been shown to be helpful for multiple reasons. So uh, that's not just a, a, a myth. Uh, it can help you. Um, hmm. You know, try nasal irrigation. There's a lot of products out there that are over-the-counter, uh, neti pots and things like that, and they help congestion. Cool mist humidifiers can uh, help the long, reduce the longevity of flu viruses uh, in the air and also ease your breathing. And the over-the-counter cough remedies aren't that effective, uh, but the ones that have dextromethorphan can help. You have to be careful because they can increase heart rate, cause some nausea, and even some neurologic symptoms if you take too much of it. And the antihistamines work for allergies. They also help for a runny nose, but they're not so good for viral infections. Uh, you know, they can make you sleepy and depress your nervous system. Uh, now, it can help you sleep. That's the positive if you're having trouble getting to sleep. Uh, but they actually sometimes uh, can can make it harder to get some of that mucus out. So uh, the decongestants, uh, the best one way to do that is with the, the the sprays like oxymetazolazine, also called Afrin, and those work really really well if you use them within uh, you know uh, they'll they'll work within ten minutes. But this is very important with those topical nasal decongestants like oxymetazolazine, Afrin. You never want to use them over three days. If you use them for over three days, they literally make it so your nose is congested all the time uh, without them. So make sure uh, if you're going to use one of those, use it for a limited time. If you take the oral decongestants, they're effective, uh, but they can also have a stimulant effect. They can sort of keep you awake. Time now, Dr. Forrest, for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. According to Consumer Reports, Americans spent $5.8 billion per year on over-the-counter remedies just to treat cold and cough symptoms. Wow, that's expensive. What are some key points, Dr. Forrest, that you'd like folks to take away about how to stay healthy during the holidays? Wash your hands or use hand sanitizer often and every time before you eat or touch your face. Uh, if you do get sick, don't use those multi-symptom products. And if you do take prescription medicines or have high blood pressure, make sure to check with your physician before you use those over-the-counter products. Our scripture this week is especially meaningful during this upcoming uh, season. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. Psalm 3119. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.